Hello there, Mike Williams with Genesis, and I am here today with your latest episode of Investor Insights. Uh, thanks so much for joining us as usual, and uh, we're glad you're here. I um, hope uh, some of these thoughts today will be helpful in your own wealth planning. Um, today's episode is called The Coffee Can Portfolio. Um, some of you may have heard that term before, but... Uh, it, it's it's sort of a, a play on what is the enemy we all fight when we're building our investment plans and building our wealth, and that's really our emotions. The coffee can portfolio is often referred to, uh, or portions of it are referred to, some of the same philosophy, uh, when Warren Buffett is often quoted as saying the following, if you're not willing to own a company for 10 years, don't even consider owning it for 10 minutes. In other words, what long-term investors, those that have been very successful at building wealth, have to learn and have learned in order to meet those successes is that our minds play terrible tricks on us. Uh, the markets leave us open to many different emotions and they often, unfortunately, attack us uh, and cause us to do things that we later uh, terribly regret, uh, not only from a financial perspective, but uh, sort of a psychological one as well. So what's the coffee can portfolio? Well, it goes something like this. Uh, the coffee can portfolio concept goes all the way back to the Old West, you know, when people used to put their valuable possessions in a coffee can and, you know, put a lid on it and kept it under their bed or their sleeping bag or on their shelf or in their cabin or wherever it was. Um, of course, the success of the program depended entirely on the wisdom and foresight used to select exactly what objects would be placed in the coffee can to begin with. The idea is simple enough. You know, you find the best stocks you can and let them sit for 10 years. You incur practically no portfolio costs, and it's certainly an easy way to manage. The biggest benefit, though, it is more, it's, a, it's a bit more subtle and meaningful. It works because it keeps your worst instincts from hurting you. Remember, we talk about the emotions that cause us to do so many things that we, we later wish we hadn't. This thing was first written about way back in the 50s by a guy named Robert Kirby. I'm going to read you a piece from his paper. He told the story about how his idea came about. I'm quoting here. The coffee can idea first occurred to me in the 1950s, Kirby writes. He worked for a big firm that counseled individuals on their investments then. He had a client he had worked with for 10 years whose husband died suddenly. She inherited his stock portfolio, which she moved to Kirby's care. Looking at the portfolio, Kirby writes, I was amused to find that he had been secretly piggybacking on our recommendations for his wife's portfolio. Then I looked at the size of the estate. I was also shocked. The husband had applied a small twist of his own to our advice. He paid no attention whatsoever to all of the sale recommendations. Now I'm going to repeat that. He paid no attention whatsoever to the sale recommendations. He simply put $5,000 in every purchase recommendation. Then he would toss the certificate in his safe deposit box and forget about it. 
In doing this, a wonderful thing happened. Yes, it meant his portfolio had a number of broken stories worth a couple thousand dollars or so. Small positions indeed, but surely a loss from the original 5,000 invested. But here's the kicker. He also had a few large holdings worth over $100,000 each. The biggest surprise of all, though, was this. He had one huge position of $800,000 that all by itself dwarfed the rest of the portfolio entirely. As Kirby writes back then, it came from a small commitment in a company called Halloid. This later turned out to be a zillion shares of Xerox. Indeed, it's an inspiring tale, but it highlights the most disquieting part of the investment world. The secret so many Wall Street people abhor as they all move on, or they all count on your movement. The lesson? It shows clearly how the coffee can portfolio is designed to protect you from yourself. The obsession with checking stock prices, the frenetic buying and selling, the hand-wringing over economic and bad news. It forces you to extend your time horizon. You don't put anything in your coffee can that you don't think is a good 10-year bet. This harkens back to some of the things we've talked to on our other episodes. Remember the comments from Seth Klarman about the most valuable thing a wealthy investor obtains, and that is a long-term view. Or something that Charlie Munger said, partner with with Warren Buffett. He said, you know, if people weren't often so wrong, we wouldn't be so rich. And what makes us wrong? Reacting to our emotions, thinking we know the future, fearing what the future might be as though somehow we might control it, of course, never works out very well. It's also important to note that poor Kirby had been diligently managing his own wife's account keeping up with earnings reports, trimming stocks, and adding new positions. All the while, he would have been far better off. He had simply followed the idle creed and just held on to his own ideas. So what does this tell us? It's a, it's a way of controlling the effect of our ultimate enemy. We've met the enemy, and the enemy is us, ourselves. And at the most inopportune times, as I've often spoken here on these episodes, our emotions tend to grab at us at the most critical moments when we either buy or sell something based on an immediate charge in our brain, fear or greed. And it ends up being horrible for us many times over. Sure, this gentleman's portfolio had lots of positions that he had put $5,000 in, and had gone down 30, 40, 50 percent. But here's the key. Every portfolio has those things. And over time, if we do it right, we end up with the Xerox. In this case, it would be something else 10 years from now. But the episode is the same. Portfolios end up working like uh, what I call football teams. You know, when you start off a year at a football team, you've gone through all your practices, you've made all your plans, you've done all your coaching, you've done your two-a-days and three-a-days, you've had your spring training, you've done your your, uh, 
pre-season games, which don't count, but you've learned everything you can. And the day you start, the day that opening kickoff happens, two of your guys get injured. Out of your 40 team members, you know, two are never going to come back. Another 20% will get injured in the first five games. You might even lose an important guy or two, but you keep going. And at the end of the day, you'll get a couple that get to the Pro Bowl. You'll get a couple that are MVPs. You'll get one that takes you to the Super Bowl. But that's just the way markets work. We don't know which one that is, but discipline and patience help us defeat our enemy. The coffee can portfolio is a play on words. It's the ultimate buy and hold portfolio. You put a bushel of well-chosen stocks in a coffee can, so to speak, and forget about them for 10 years. Open that 10 years later, and the theory goes, pleasant surprises will await. You know, funny thing, I've never read anything by Kirby that didn't strike me as wise. Someone ought to probably republish some of his papers in a book. He's the antithesis, antithesis of the trader mentality. We often talk about that here. I know of no successful traders long term. I know of lots of traders who have hit it big and then invariably give it all back. It's like gambling in Vegas. I know lots of investors with long-term views who have taken all the bumps and bruises and along the way have accumulated wealth. Too many of us have assumed that you're not supposed to be bumped and bruised. It's supposed to all work perfectly. That's a fantasy and your arch rival in thinking properly. He wrote on uh, another paper, uh, this Robert Kirby guy. I believe an article by Benjamin Graham that I read many years ago carried the opinion that the development of liquid high volume auction markets for shares of publicly held American companies has been about the worst thing that has ever happened to the investment business. I have a great deal of sympathy with his observation. So what does he mean by that? Does he mean the markets are rigged? No, not at all. It means markets for the impatient provide you a battlefield for your very worst enemies, your emotions and fears. When you know you can sell something almost instantaneously, it messes with how you think about the purchase in the first place. You can be careless because, after all, you can just sell it quickly. If you know that every single time you bought a stock, you'd have to hold it for a year or more, you would buy with much more diligence. That's a simple idea, but we have decades of evidence that prove one thing. It's almost impossibly hard to live by. There's too much noise. As often said here, ignore it even when it hurts. As humans, we want to feel we have control of the future. We don't. We have to simply trust as it unfolds. An even tougher thing to do, I know. The markets will send your mind through hurdle after hurdle, ringer after ringer. It's a never-ending puzzle. With constant measurement of returns in the oppressive 24-7 media business cycle, you can imagine the pressure to act is immense. In other words, we get all this data and we just assume we have to do something about it, right? I mean, God, we can't take all this in and do nothing. Well, indeed you can. When your friend tells you, hey, I doubled my money in six weeks on XYZ, the idea of a long-term internal rate of return seems irrelevant. 
and to many, pointless. But then again, these are the exactly the kinds of defeatist sentiments that bubble up during years of stock market exuberance. We forget about risk when it's 1999 or 2007 or even 1929 to go way back. Right before market crashes is when people think the least about risk and discipline and patience and long-term anything. Ironically, this is just when such unfashionable ideas are most important. <clears throat> then when it all t seems uh, too noisy with frothy and fearful headlines as we enter what is upcoming as our summer doldrums, we need to be able to act. We need to think like this uh, coffee can approach. What's really the important point for all of us to ponder? Well, it's this. Instead of worrying about the latest story on CNBC or headline in your papers, instead of worrying about the stock market falling 2% in a day, as it will, by the way, it will many times in the days and months and years ahead, focus on finding great businesses that you can place in your coffee can. You're an owner of those great businesses. Resist the urge to sell them even if they do poorly at times. Resist the urge to act, no matter how many data inputs you get. As we said before, it's tough. It's this kind of careful thinking, though, along with plenty of patience and discipline, which will make you money over the long term. And after all, isn't that the goal of wealth building? It's not about being right. It's about building wealth, even when it's uncomfortable. And I remind you as a closing thought, it will be uncomfortable far more often than it feels good. So I hope those thoughts help. Let's think about the coffee can portfolio the next time we think about steps to take in building our wealth. And uh, hey, I hope some of these ideas have added value to your day. Look forward to hearing from you on the next episode. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.